This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurt takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, takes the right, gets to the 20. He's at the 30. Needs the tight end. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's down to the 20. He's down to the 10. He's down to the 5. He's down to the end It's your boy Mike from the Nothing Bananas crew. We are back to bring you guys a fun-filled episode. I'm joined today by my guy, Tony, NJ Niner fan 499. Tony, what's up, big dog? How you doing, man? What's going on, man? It's been a long time. I mean, the last time I think we were on together was with the draft. Um, yes, sir. Listen, work. You got to work, you got to work. You're paying almost $5 a gallon. You need a part-time job to go to your regular job. So, um, yeah, I've been working a lot, you know. It sucks. I wish I could uh, do more shows, but unfortunately, it's tough today. But uh, how you been? I've been all right, man. I've been okay, you know, coming back into town, getting right back into the groove of things and swing of things at work, man. You know, uh, no time to rest. You know what I'm saying? They say sleep is for the week, so I guess I'm pretty strong, you know? Um, yeah. We're, we're going to rock this thing out today, guys. We want to thank you all for checking us out tonight. We have a very, very fun episode for you guys. Uh, we're going to start with some formalities, though, so make sure you guys are strapped in for everything here. Uh, first and foremost, <clears throat> we're on YouTube right now, guys. If you are watching on YouTube for the first time and you enjoy the show, please give us this episode a thumbs up. Also, subscribe and turn on your notifications. We're going to start bringing you guys more impromptu shows. I know I've been saying that last part for mad long, but it's going to happen. I am tired of missing out on all the breaking news. I am tired of it, man. If I have to do these things from the crapper, like live show, I, I, it'll be from the chin and up, chin and up. You guys won't know what I'm doing. I promise you, all right? But I am going to start bringing you guys more impromptu shows. That was the bread and butter for us here at Nothing But Niners. We prided ourselves on being the first people to report. And then we kind of just let it go. We kind of gave the formula away. You know, we gave it the sauce, the mojo. You know what I'm saying, Tony? Like, we gave, <laughs> we gave the special sauce away, you know? But we're going to get back to it, man. We got to go ahead and, st and stake our claims in that again. So make sure you guys have those notifications turned on, all right? Follow us on some of our social media platforms. We have Twitter and Snapchat. Those handles are nothing but nine ERS. That is the number nine, nothing but nine ERS. We also have Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitch. And those handles are nothing but Niners spelled all the way out. Uh, some spaces, some underscores, whatever. But if you type out nothing but Niners with no numbers in there, you will find us. Uh, we have an email for questions, comments, concerns, ratings, reviews, suggestions, all that stuff. You have any concerns, you want to be an advertiser here on nothing but Niners, choose an email, nb 9 ERS at nothing but Niners.com. And last but certainly not least, guys, the Patreon. 
man oh man that i give you guys a doozy over there today man patreon.com slash nb9 ers the party in the palisade series is like no other one that you're going to get anywhere else online on podcast i don't care what you listen to for 49ers coverage the party in the palisade is an original beast i'm telling you you won't regret it get on over there right now all pages five bucks you don't have to do the ten dollar tier or the twenty dollar tier for now for now but when the veterans report back to camp then we're going to go ahead and separate everything again all right and we're going to kick it up into high speed over there so <clears throat> let me see if i can put our names on here i don't know if it does our names with this layout the way that it is let me see hold on it doesn't oh wait hold on let me try this hold on maybe if i take this banner off let's see what happens if i take the banner off ow i don't like that i kind of like it better with the banner what do you think tony yeah, I agree. Banner. Better with the banner, right? Okay. All right. They know who we are already. If you don't, I'm 49ers Mike underscore NFL. Again, this is our resident GM, Tony. He is NJ Niner fan 499. Jersey's in the building, man. So, Tony, we got to talk about some of the latest rumors. Uh, some of the, some of the, uh, yeah, see, since that, it, look, I missed the breaking news. I missed the breaking news, man. Now, she also said something interesting here. She said it cost me $76 to fill my tank today. Premium. Did she fill up with a half a tank already in there? Like what, how do you only get 76 bucks? Because I filled up my, my car, my car runs on regular and it was 80 something bucks. I filled up the work van today and that was over $120. And that was also on regular. Is she like, she driving like a smart car? Like what, what, how do you get 76 bucks on premium? I I have, I have a Honda Civic and it costs 62. And I had a little under a quarter of a tank of gas. So it's probably about 70 to fill up with regular. Um, oh, 15, a 15 gallon tank. So, yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense then. All right. I get it. I get it, man. All right. So, yeah. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. You guys are incredible. Look at that. They're showing you some love, man. Oh, look at that. My guy, Tony. What's up? They miss you, man. They miss you, bro. I'm sorry, man. Listen, it's not intentional. It's just. It's, 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 I'm not getting into it, but it's just there's a lot of changes with my job. There's a lot of changes, with, I'm sure, in everybody's lives and jobs. It sucks, but like it, it, I just can't do it as much. You know, I talk to Mike all the time. I'm like, yo, he's like, you coming out tonight? I'm like, Mike, I'm working. <laughs> I got to find my wife. I don't know where she went. Uh, but yeah, you know, it happens, man. It happens. And that's what's taking so long for tonight's episode in particular. Today, we're going to be breaking down the... Um, we're going to be breaking down the draft class. Uh, but before we do, we got to get to some news notes uh, surrounding the 49ers, man. Tony, what's new since the last time we did a show? All right, let's talk about the 49ers rumors. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's been so long. I don't know. No, there, there, there's, been a, there's been a couple of things that have happened, uh, some new signings and all. They shuffled around some tight ends. I think I broke that down on the last show. Um, but there's another – Trey Lance is not the guy rumor coming around from somebody yeah. else with a check mark. What'd you hear and what were your thoughts on it, man? You know, I, I'm I'm so sick and tired of this. And you know, it, it, I don't know. Maybe Kyle's telling Chris Sims to say all this stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they have a relationship, they have the same tattoo, they played the same college, same years. And you know, all the knock against Trey, I just don't get it. Like, the guy comes in and wins a must-win game for him to keep them in the playoff contention, and, oh, he's not good. He has a noodle arm. My man's slinging the ball around the field like it's going out of style. Like, like 
I just don't understand, like, why is everything, like, always negative against the 49? Why is it negative against, like, you know, like, like right. Trey Lance? Like, you know, yeah. they're saying all, all this shit, like, you know, oh, Jimmy's still going to be the starter next year. How is Jimmy going to be the starter? Like, there's, there's no – in my opinion, I cannot say unless, God forbid, knock on wood, Trey might – Trey gets hurt. That's the only way I can see it. That's even if Jimmy's on the roster by the time the camp comes. But wow. – you know, they made the investment, and to me, that investment shows the commitment to Trey Lance. And, you know, they surrounded him with all these weapons we're going to go over tonight and all these pieces over the last two years, and we'll explain about it. But, like, I- I'm just sick and tired of all the knock against Trey Lance. Like, it- it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> and then the best thing is this: there's a guy floating around on Twitter saying the Niners are going to finish, like, 7-10. and 10. How are you going to tell me the Niners are going to finish seven and ten, but the Giants are going to make the playoffs, or Washington is going to make the playoffs? Like what? Like, like why is there so much hate for this team? Why? Because they're good. Why? Because they're building a potential powerhouse. Like you know, there's a lot. These the names are there, the pieces are there, but now they're going to go out and come out, you know, and prove why the Niners brought them in, and they have to prove all this on the field, which is 100 accurate. But you have a team that was in the Super Bowl. I mean, in the NFC Championship game, a couple plays away from being in the Super Bowl, and now you're telling me they're going to finish third in the NFC West? Kick rocks, dude. I'm sorry. You know, it's interesting, man. Um, you're transitioning to something I want to talk about, and this might take up some time. So when you're ready to get to the main thing, like tell me, hey, Mike, shut up. Let's get to what we got to do. No, like, God, I'm good. I'm good. So I was thinking about this 49ers team. From the outside looking in, and that's hard for anyone watching the show right now. From the outside looking in, is it hard to assume or conclude that the 49ers are a dysfunctional team? I can't see dysfunction. I can't. All right, so let, let me try to convince you, and you tell me tell me what you think. You trade up all this draft capital. No, no, no. Let me Let me rewind. Let me rewind. You go to a Super Bowl with this quarterback that you traded a second-round pick for, right? And immediately after the Super Bowl, the rumors are flying all season long that you were interested in a different quarterback over and over and over and over and over again. Every Correct. quarterback. Correct. You don't find another quarterback that offseason, but then the following offseason, you trade up from the middle of the round all the way to the third pick overall. You then draft the quarterback. The coming the following season, that quarterback doesn't play unless the guy that you were trying to get rid of is injured. You have an exodus of coaches. Scangarello leaves, starts trashing the Niners, reportedly saying some unfavorable things about the Niners. Um, they said something about Wes Welker leaving and not being happy about it. Um you have a guy who has been the Shanahan's right-hand man and Bobby Turner just wanting to step back this year, right? I didn't quit. I didn't retire. I'm just not coming to the Niners this year. Um, and then you look at the last two drafts. I would say that the last two drafts, most 49er faithful say that the guys that they pick, they don't fit. The offensive linemen, the running backs, the wide receivers, uh, you heard about turmoil between Kyle and John, and that kind of went away. 
it kind of went away once we started winning down the stretch, right? But there was this whole uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, the front office are at odds with each other. If you're on the outside looking in and looking at this team today, you got a running back. Again, they just don't know if he quite fits. Uh, Trey Lance is here, but so is Jimmy, who just came off of surgery, who you wanted to get rid of. But Jimmy's still here. And then the, the, the report comes out two days ago or yesterday that Jimmy's probably going to be the starter week one against the Bears because they don't like certain things about Trey Lance. I know we're 49er fans. I know we say that the outside looking in, they don't know what they're talking about. But is it possible that we are the ones too close to the situation and maybe there is smoke where there's fire? It could be, but I don't think so because let's look at it like this, right? This team lets out what they want to let out. They don't let all facts out. They don't let all information out. They keep everything tight to the vest, and they will let they will let shit leak that they want to leak. Perfect example, like what you said. You know, we don't feel Trey Lance could be ready. Blah 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 blah. They use these alternate like personalities or people that cover the 49ers, if you will, um, and and they say they'll share it through them outlets, right? You have to listen to Matt Mayoko. He speaks for the team. He's the mouth of the team. Um, so as far as the Trey Lance thing, the knock on Trey Lance, I think is to try to generate the market. As far as the dysfunction thing, I think the dysfunction thing is true as far as how they are handling the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, how they still feel that they're going to get X, Y, and Z or in return for Jimmy in a trade. Um, but to be honest with you, and I'm going to tell you straight out, Trey Lance is the quarterback of this team. It's not Jimmy Garoppolo. They're, they're playing the market to try to get a, a pick in return. It is what it is. That's the way they want to go about it. That's fine. You know, could, there could be an injury. There could be a possibility we get a second plus for Jimmy if, let's just say, hypothetically, uh, uh, Tua goes down or Kirk Cousins goes down or somebody goes down. You know what I'm saying? So there could be a situation where they can get a return for him. And are they smart for holding him? Yes, because you're talking about money right now. We're kind of tight against the cap. We're under 500000 in cap space. So you need every penny, and it's not costing you much right now to do this. So once he's cleared, if they don't have a trade lined up, I think they will move on from him. But they want to keep that 7-5, and I don't blame them because of what happened. Oh, you know what? Let me stop. Let me rewind it. I honestly think the trade was in place, and I think they made up this shoulder surgery um, because they didn't want to go to that team. That, that's what I think. I, I think it was Washington, but it is what it is. Um, but as far as the dysfunction part, I think it is – you could say they are dysfunctional on how they handle the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. Now, let's look at Trey Lance, right? They had an opportunity to, to trade for a Matt Stafford for similar or maybe a little more compensation in return for um, Matt Stafford, right? So what did they do? They went the economic route. They went the the, the future, the long invest, long term investment route, and they went with Trey Lance. So they gave up what they gave up: the three first rounders, uh, two first round, two future first rounders plus the pick, and a third or two. And they bring in Trey Lance. And shout out to Jesse Naylor. Uh, I don't know if he's listening or whatever, but he had an interview with the North Dakota State offensive coordinator. And if you listen to this interview, it tells you a lot on how when it came down to almost like, you know, a couple of days before the draft and they sat down and they talked with the offensive coordinator, the head coach and the quarterback coach. And Jesse did this interview and he laid it all out. 
They said if you want the you want Trey to succeed for the long term, you sit him, you let him learn this system, and once he gets up, once he gets it locked in in his head, he's the type of guy that he'll go, and that's it. Like they followed the blueprint of the North Dakota State staff and how to bring this kid along, right? And you know, shit, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, you let him play last year. I was against it, but listening to that interview, you understand why this was done. But as far as the previous seasons, how they sniffed around this one, they sniffed around Tom Brady, Stafford, you know, yes, it would have been great. I honestly think if they could have gotten out of Jimmy's contract at that point, Tom Brady would have been here. But Jimmy's contract stopped everything. They could not get out of his contract unless they did something in the way of what the Rams did with Detroit, you know eating money, sending more compensation for a 30-plus-year-old quarterback, giving up a young quarterback. And, like, you know, the Niners have a lot of talented guys. Their contracts are coming up. Debo, Nick Bosa. They had they signed Trent Williams last year. They have Juszczyk, the highest-paid fullback. They have Fred Warner. They they just signed uh, Travarius Ward. So they, they have money allocated in spots, and they want to take a full advantage of the rookie contract. That's the whole point of this. You're investing for the long term, a 21-year-old quarterback next year. This year he's going to be, I think, 22, or he just turned 21. I'm not 100% sure. But your future's set. If this kid comes in and does what I think he can do and how he was prepared at North Dakota State to come to the next level and how Kyle and John handled the situation, I think the Niners are going to be a dangerous team. And all Kyle keeps doing is adding weapons. And now, just a credit to your point, j- just a point I, I just want to touch on is you mentioned about how they're adding pieces and how they're losing coaches, but adding different pieces. Now, let's take it back to the track record of 2021 and 2020. How many times they got stuffed on third and two? How many times they get stuffed on third and three? How many times you see him pull his Pro Bowl Hall of Fame left tackle on a gimpy ankle to to come across the formation and lead block. Do you want to do that? No. But the knock against Mitchell, I like Mitchell. I think Elijah Mitchell's a great running back. But the knock against him, he's a little too light. Yes, he has con- great contact balance. He runs hard. Sometimes he ran into the back of his own blockers. It is what it is. It's a learning process. He had a successful year, in my opinion. But let's pause this for one second. And they're knocking the 49ers for drafting um, – um, uh, Davis Price, but let's go back to 2021. Patrick, Jaquise Patrick, off Cincinnati's practice squad. Um, uh, carry on Johnson off the street, Trent Cannon, waiver. They're adding all these players, why? Because of injuries. So, what do you want to do? You just want to say, screw it, let's just run it back with what we got. No, you want to make that position group. Stronger. That's your objective. Two consecutive years, a third-round running back. Two consecutive years, two offensive linemen. Two consecutive years, two cornerbacks. This team's doubling down on positions where there are question marks past 2022, right? Everyone says, oh, they went for a defensive end at 61 and Drake Jackson. Well, Drake Jackson was a high second-round, low first-round pick. He was supposed to go. And you're getting him at 61? Granted, he's not perfect. He has all the traits that you want. He has the upside that you want. He has the athleticism. He has the tools. He was misused at USC. Could that be the reason why he fell? 
Could it be the fluctuation of weight due to the misuse at USC is why he fell? Sure, it could be. Is he perfect? No. Does he need to grow up a little bit and mature a little bit? Yes. He needs to get a little better shape? Yes. But for pick number 61 to get that type of talent, it's a home run, in my opinion. You go that route. You add to it because guess what? In 2023, you have one defensive end under contract. His name is Nick Bosa. Everybody else is gone. I like it, man. You know, uh, a lot of – so based off of what you're saying, it looks like the 49ers are transitioning from, from one roster to another. That's that, what they're doing. That's, that in my opinion, that's what they're doing. So then are we in the middle of a rebuild? No, I don't think you're going to re- – I don't definitely don't think we're in a rebuild. I think we're in uh, – in addition to the ver- – they're adding versatile pieces to the offense. They're adding more, right? You have a, a second-year young quarterback coming in. What do you want to do? You want to make it easier. You want to make it better. You want to surround them with more, right? And let's take it back to this. What is Kyle Shanahan's offense based off of? The run game. Running. Yes, sir. All right? Mitchell was out. Moster was out the first game after the third carry. Like, the, the, you can't – you need to add. Everyone's like, well, Trey Sermon this, Trey Sermon that. Guess what? Your running back room is stronger now than it was in 2021. Mm-hmm. You're adding pieces and you're adding a presence. Now, third and two, instead of running Trey Lance up the middle on a quarterback sneak or on a naked bootleg or on a power run out of the shotgun, you hand it off to a 220-pound running back with four sub-4-4 four, four speed. Boom. Oh, like who's it. he running behind? Two 300-pound-plus guards. Bingo. I like it. I like it. So you're not buying it. You don't think there's any dysfunction. Now, the Rams fan that's in here, shout out to him, always respectful from what I've seen. I'm going to post this comment here. He says, as a Rams fan, we see dysfunctional 49ers. Lynch lying about two second round pick offered for Jimmy. I never heard Lynch confirm that. He did say that there were offers until the shoulder surgery, and that sent every that, that made everyone step away. Uh, he said, uh, Debo issues. Three number ones for a QB. Kyle doesn't announce he's the starter. Jimmy's still here, and York's are your owner. So, well, I, I just want to push back on this one second. The Lynch thing was never confirmed two second rounders. That's number one. Could you put that comment no. back up there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let me get back to it. Where'd it go? There it is. And as far as the Debo issues, in my opinion, that was all generated by the agent because the draft is going, gone and come, come and gone. Well, it, 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 you know, it happened and it's not here no more. However, the fuck you say, but guess what? You haven't heard a peep out of Debo. Well, hold on now. Hold on. There was one thing you heard since then. Well, the following, following the 49ers yeah. again, on but you team. haven't heard any like negativity, you haven't heard anything like that. And I honestly think Debo's issues were provoked by the agent to try to get the Niners to jump or, if you will, shit or get off the pot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that type of thing to maybe call their bluff and try to just get him dealt so he can get a new deal. And I think the Niners called out. I think the Niners called the bluff of the agent because it's silent. You haven't heard a word. And the third thing is, like we, like I said earlier, and it's no disrespect, for some reason they just think they're going to get something in return for Jimmy. Me personally, I think the best thing to do for them is to cut him. And just cut your ties, move forward. Once he's medically cleared and able to pass a physical, get him out of here. You don't want that. You moved on. Their commitment 
they announced their commitment by trading what they did. They sat him for a year. And like, listen, I know you're a Rams fan, so you're not listening to all the 49ers podcasts and stuff like that. But I, this guy does. This, oh, this, I don't, whoever this person right. is, they do. But you know, it, it's 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 something that's always like, and, and 49er Jeff just said it best. It's media driven. Everything is driven by the media. This team does not let nothing out. Nothing. Like they don't say nothing. So the media gets wind. We all know what the what the issue is with the quarterback situation. It's a coach that's no longer there who flat out on a podcast said he preferred Mac Jones over Trey Lance in a roundabout way. But, you know, it, it, it's trying it, – I don't know what it is with this team, but every team has some type of dysfunction to it, right? Every team – I don't. there's no perfect front office. There's no perfect organization because if there was, there'd be an issue. There would be a legit issue. Any marriage, if you don't fight, there's something wrong. If you hunky-dory kiss, oh, hi, love you, babe. Have a great day today. If you don't argue, that's not a normal marriage. That's not a normal relationship. Everybody butts heads over something. It's just the severity of it. Babe, Tony said we need to fight more. <laughs> Damn, throw me out there Tony like that. Tony said we need to fight more. <laughs> but yeah. listen, in a roundabout way, is there a dysfunction in the 49er organization? There's probably little bits and pieces, like whatever. It is what it is. But there's dysfunction in the Rams organization. In the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, there's rant, there's there's dysfunction in every organization. Shit, there's dysfunction with the Yankees. There's dysfunction with the Patriots. Like, all right, it's all good. I, I I get what you're saying, man. Trust me, I do. I really, really do. Uh, but I wanted to I wanted to put that out there because I do think that the other 31 teams look at us and do see dysfunction, and then. I, I, I'll put it to you like this, right? The Seahawks shipped off Russell Wilson, and we all applauded, like, oh, they're done. Their days of beating us is over, right? Da, 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 da. And then here we are looking to make a quarterback change also like they are doing. Um, you know, they're losing some people on their staff, and then you look at their draft picks, and it's like, this guy's not going to be a good fit for what they do. This guy's not going to be a good fit for what they do. What are they getting out of the draft and all that? I feel like the Seahawks look at us the way that we look at them. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to say, well, our core is still here. We're still going to pound the ball, and we're going to do short passes, and uh, we have our deep threat in DK Metcalf. Well, look at the 49ers. Our core is still here. That's Kittle. That's Williams. Trent Williams I'm talking about, right? Um, that's going to be the run game. That's going to be the defense. And we're going we're gonna to transition the same way. So uh, I, I think it's very interesting uh, and I just thought that that, that as Niner fans, um, I'm just wondering if we're watching everything through the rose gold glasses. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're seeing everything in Homer colors. Personally, I've never bought into any of the dysfunction around the team. I actually think that it's showing that they're in lockstep. You know what I'm saying? You don't make these kind of moves unless everyone is on the same page. You know what I'm saying? Because let's just use the running back position, for example. If we didn't draft a running back, now, yeah, we could have signed some in free agency and all that, right, undrafted free agents and all. But if we didn't draft a running back, I'll be honest with you, I would have said I'm concerned. And we did the whole draft show live, all three days, right? And I was saying we need to draft a running back, we need to draft a quarterback, 
Like I also said, we need to draft a tight end, but they didn't do that. They ended up signing some undrafted guys um, and, and some free agents. But the point was that there are things that we need to work on. Had we not drafted a running back and we come back with the same core of guys who none of them could stay healthy, I'd be like, they overlooked the position that they really, really needed. Exactly. That would have been my thought. Exactly. I'm not worried about who the running back is. You want to identify traits, and that's what you want to get them for. No one's a finished product the day they're drafted. Nobody is. They're all young men. They haven't reached their full – they haven't reached their prime. They're not at their physical peak. They're not at their, 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 their strength and speed. Like, none of them have hit their ceiling yet. There's still room to grow. And so if you can get certain traits in these guys, and we're going to break that all down later on when we start talking about the draft picks, uh, you can see what the 49ers' plan was. And that's that's where I am. I don't think it's his function at all. And, um, and just, just one quick thing before you move on from it. How many people were plucked from the 49ers' front office and coaching staff? Now, if you want to talk about seven, eight dysfunctional, I don't think they would be coming to the door saying, I want Ethan Waugh. I want Martin Mayhew. I want this one. I want that one. I want this one. I want that one. It don't work like that. Teams are plucking from this front office for a reason because yeah. of the way they operate. Yeah. You know, and listen, I know Trent Balky had a relationship with Ethan Waugh when they were in San Francisco together. I understand that. But Ethan Waugh had a pretty significant role with this front office. I will say, with the, as far as the draft side of it, at least. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the next man up. It's the next man up, and that's the way they roll, man. They, I mean, Mike McDaniel just got a head coaching job. Yeah, he took Wes Walker. But Wes Walker didn't want to be on the West Coast no more. He wanted to be closer to, I think, Dallas or something. And Maybe he thought Miami was more affordable for him. I don't know what the situation is, but he felt that was a better situation. There's no hard feelings. There's none. It, 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 he was a free agent, and that's it. Now, if you want to talk about this functional end of it, we could sit here and say, well, what happens if – what would the reaction would be – what would the reaction be if the 49ers did not trade for Trey Lance, stood pat with Jimmy Garoppolo, extended him another year, kept Tim Hightower as a, high, a special teams coach, made no additions this offseason to all of your weak units, cornerback, special teams. What if these things weren't done? Then you could say, well, do they know what they're doing? Do they have a plan? Like, that's, you know, you're talking about different philosophies. Yes, the Rams won a Super Bowl. I understand. But the Rams are in a different situation than the 49ers. They don't value first-round picks. They trade them every year. Get them the hell out. Get them out. Let's bring this in. Let's bring this in. But you need your picks. Picks are very important to, you know, pay this one big, bring this one in on a rookie deal. So you got to have that influx on your roster and on your pay scale you can't all be top heavy because it will bite you in the ass in the long run so you know i mean it is what it is they won the super bowl they beat us in the nfc championship game it is what it is but now like my question to the number one topic it is all how are we going to be worse this year than we were last year when we had a quarterback that single-handedly held this team back but when trey lance played there was a difference in the offense. So, it, All right, let me, let me ask you this question. To piggyback off of that, and then we'll move on because we got some contributions to read and everything. Um, there's this other rumor, I guess you want to call it a rumor, going around that Mike McDaniel was the secret sauce 
to the 49ers' success offensively. Do you agree with that? Do you think that's overrated or what? I mean, I have my personal opinion on it, and I'll give that afterwards, but there's a lot of people who say, Mike, now this could be the outside people hoping that the 49ers take a step back, right? Um, but they just lost their offensive coordinator, and he's the reason why they've been so good. And It's not really Kyle. It's McDaniel and da-da-da-da-da. Do you buy it, or do you think that they're hoping that that's the case? I'm going to lean towards the hoping, and I'm going to tell you why. Mike McDaniel was an offensive coordinator for one year. In 2019, when they went to the Super Bowl, he didn't have an offensive coordinator label. So, nor did he have full play calling duties. Now, I will credit Mike McDaniel with a lot. I will say he's very intelligent. He's very involved with game planning, especially last year. I think Kyle leaned on him a lot. Um, I do think in the run game, he became he added the dimension of Debo to the run game. I do think they they work together well. They he he's followed him all over from shit, Denver to the Houston Texans, to Washington, to Atlanta, to San Francisco. Now, listen, people are taking shots. Sean McVay was a tight end coach, never called a play, never was a coordinator, and went to the Rams. He also interviewed with the Niners, and it did come down between Kyle and Sean McVay. But teams take chances. But they're taking chances because of who they're under and who they're working with. Now, by all means, I am not telling you Kyle Shanahan is perfect. He's not. He has flaws, just like all these coaches do, just like Sean McVay. Sean McVay has flaws. He's not a perfect coach whatsoever. Bill Walsh didn't have, wasn't a perfect coach. He was a highly intelligent coach. He was a great coach mentally and will get the best out of his players by playing them against each other. Yes, but he wasn't perfect. So Shanahan, all these guys, LaFleur and Green Bay, McVay at the Rams, McDaniel here, LaFleur with the Jets, who's now offensive coordinator. They all learned that under Kyle. Is it a coincidence that their offenses and philosophies are very similar? I would say, you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, I feel like you're the Miami fans or whoever it is, the media, are kind of discrediting Kyle. A little bit. And, and, and again, that's your thought. That's your philosophy. That That's your opinion. It's well-respected. But is it a coincidence that every time the Niners play, these teams where his protégés or his students go, we know the outcomes. Very well said. And I agree with you. I think it's the hope. I think that they're hoping that uh, this team takes a step back. They don't want to admit that the Niners have – a really good play caller in Kyle Shanahan, a very good offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan. So uh, Kyle went to the podium. Yeah, we promoted him so we could keep him. Um, but his his job duties aren't going to change. He said that at the podium. This is on the record. This isn't Mike's opinion. This isn't Tony's opinion. These are words straight from Kyle Shanahan's mouth. Uh, it was like, it's, it's just a title on paper. Uh, he's going to be doing much of the same things that he was doing before. So, I mean, that's, you know, how many coaches from this, how many, how many people from this staff have become head coaches 
since Kyle and John have been here. I mean, it's the, the numbers speak for themselves. You can't call dysfunction if everybody wants who you got. You know, the, the league sees something good and they want it. And uh, Kyle's Kyle's tree is growing at a rate that I honestly didn't expect it to grow as fast as it is, but it's happening. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely happening. So, And I'm not discrediting the Rams. The Rams are a good team. They're a good coach team. But you can't just sit here and say, try to shoot darts and say, oh, dysfunction. Look what they did. Look what they did here. Look what they did here. Look what they did here. They took a roster that was absolutely garbage with 80-plus million in cap space, and in year three, they're in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Something's got to be going right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's 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 get to these super chats here. John V with the first one of the night. Gentlemen, I'm back. My schedule has been butt cheeks, but I'm good, and I can finally enjoy NBN, fellas, and I can finally enjoy NBN, fellas, and the content. Also, Mike, I need to scoop a hat with the new logo. Is he talking about this logo here, the NB Niners logo? Gotta yeah, let me know yeah. what you're talking about, John. Uh, I'll see what we can do for you. All right. Also, uh, let me see here. Randolph Williams had a super chat. Uh, he says, What do you guys think of a lot of fans on social media hoping Brock Purdy becomes a starter? Now, I will say this before Tony says anything. All right. I have not been on social media a lot lately, um, especially the last week. Uh, I was out of town. Um, I popped in once or twice, and that was really, really it. Uh, and it's more posting than it is reading or listening to anything. I haven't heard this, but if there are fans of this team that hope that Brock Purdy becomes a starter, I'm just going to ask, why? What the hell did you possibly see to make you think that this kid is better suited for the NFL than Trey Lance? Because I, I don't, I didn't. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna break Brock Purdy down later on. But I just didn't get it. I don't see it. Tony, what are your thoughts on it? He's not here to be a starter. He's he's not. Sorry. I'm just going to leave it at that. It, it's, All right. it's No. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and start. You guys can see the ticker at the bottom here. We're going to start reviewing the draft class and the undrafted free agents here. Um, so you want to do offensive players versus defense, or you just want to do them in order and keep it simple? Just we'll run right down the list real quick. All right, so let's do it, man. So with the first pick for the 49ers in the 2022 draft, that was round two, pick number 61, they decided to take pass rusher Drake Jackson from USC, um, defensive lineman. Um, and Tony already started talking about how he was used um, and or maybe even misused, right? Um, this guy started with the team, and it was pretty cool. I actually heard something on him uh, recently. I heard something on him recently saying that uh, – or from him, I should say, not on him. It was from him. Uh, the 49ers did the uh, – you know, they put the rookies at the podium, and he was saying that uh, he's all about the team. They, You know, he started heavy and hand in the ground. They, they switched coaching staffs, and they said, hey, we see you as this. So they wanted him to lose weight and play as an outside linebacker as opposed to a defensive end, like, you know, with the hand in the ground and things like that. And he goes in there and he says, hey, that's what they wanted me to do. That's what I did. You know, he said, I'm here now. I'm going to put on a little bit more weight and I'm going to be used the way that they want me to use me here. Uh, so, so far, that's what that's what I'm going for here. Um, what do you see in this kid? Why is he a good fit for the 49ers? Or do you think that this is a head scratching pick that 
this guy isn't a fit like how people felt last year about Aaron Banks. I think he's a fit. I think USC made the way they used them. They mishandled them, and they made the uh, draft pundits, if you will, the media say, oh, it's a questionable fit. They even announced him as a linebacker, which he's not playing linebacker. We all know this, but still the media does what they do best, and that's stir the pot. Um, basically, Drake Jackson, 6'4", 265. Um, he dropped down, I think, to 255 at the Combine, so he could test better. He had, I think he didn't run a 40. He didn't run the three cone. He did the vertical. I think he did. I'm not 100% sure if he did a short show. It's been such a long time, so I, I mean, I forgot. But he's 6'4", 265 listed in the programs. He has all the traits, like I said earlier. He's got good bend, the lean, the explosive, the first step off the line. He's a finesse pass rusher. Used very similar to, and listen to what I'm saying, listen word for word. He was used similar as Alden Smith was used in Missouri. I'm not saying he's the same player, but, you know, standing up over the guard inside shade in a two-point stance, standing him up on the uh, in a seven technique or a five technique on the outside, on the outside shoulder of a tackle in a two-point stance, um, dropping in coverage, three-point stance in the seven technique. Like, he was just used all over the formation. It was a chess piece. At USC, um, they changed the scheme multiple times. Got as low as 248, I believe I read. At USC, I think he's up to 270 now at the draft. But as you've seen in the press conferences, what you know, the minimal showing of the 49ers since um, the new regime took over in the media department, he looks a little bit slimmer now. Um, so it looks like he dropped his weight down a little bit. Uh, I think his ideal playing weight is probably about 260, 255, 260. He has the traits, like I just said. His motor runs hot and cold. When he was used as a down lineman, his his motor ran hot. When they stood him up and dropped him, he was kind of a little lost in the shuffle. Um, his negative, what he needs to work on, he needs to add a power element to his game, a bull rush. And I think because when he dropped to the 248, to the 250, he lost his girth and his and his strength, so he couldn't really sink his hips and put his body weight behind him at 250 compared to like a 265, 270, which he played at as a freshman, and he was dominant at USC. But due to multiple scheme changes, coaches changes, changes that's what happened. Um, where is he going to come in? I think they're going to bring him in just the way they brought in um, – the Niners brought in Alden Smith, a third-down rusher. Let's get him focused on one thing only. Let's go get the quarterback. Third and long, second and long, passing situations. Do your thing. Work on your technique. Get to the quarterback. Bring him down. And if he proves he could do that, then you start working on him with setting the edge and becoming a full-time player. And like I said earlier, there's nobody under contract next year. So potentially the 49ers just found their matchmate with Nick Bosa for years to come. He did the vertical jump and he did the broad jump at the Combine. Uh, 36 and a half uh, for the vertical jump and 127 inch broad jump. So, I mean, um, he's a freak. The guy's a freak. He's doing backflips at 270 pounds. Like, hello. Yeah. Now, it, it says he, he weighed in at the combine uh, 254, 34 inch arms, and he's 6'3. So, I mean, that that's probably ideal. I think that's going to be like around the area. He might put on a couple more pounds. But uh, not. I don't. I don't think he's going to put on ten or fifteen more pounds. And just think about it, right? Just think about this. What better situation could he have landed in? 
the best defensive line coach in the league. There's no pressure for him to perform on day one. And he learned he can work and learn from Nick Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. There's zero pressure on this kid. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm gonna be straightforward with you. There's zero pressure on this draft class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The entire draft class. You're absolutely right. Um, he did say that he won't be doing any more backflips <laughs> uh during his presser there. I I I really enjoyed that that kid's presser, man. I I, I liked it a lot. Um this I think I think he's going to be a special player. I really do. Um, I think he's going to find his way. He's going to master his craft of what they're doing, and he's going to just go. Now, here's something interesting: uh, his NFL comparison, based off of what Lance Zerline said, this is before he was drafted. You want? Did you do you know who it was? Yeah, please. Former Forty Nine er Eli Harold, man. Two different style players. Eli Harold's barely two hundred and fifty pounds. This kid did not look. 250 when they announced him. I'm sure his arms were 250, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, man. Um, but you know, it's gonna be fun to it's gonna be fun to see how he comes in here and plays. I like the pick. I do think he's a, a system fit. Um, and they're gonna add him to that rotation, that very, very deep defensive line, and they're gonna use him for his strengths only before they start asking him to do other things. They're gonna they're gonna put him in where they know he can play well in situations that they know he can play well. They're not going to ask him to come in and have to drop back in coverage off. You know, uh, I know I remember Robert Sala, his first year as a defensive coordinator, he had random defensive linemen dropping back on pass rushing situations just to try to confuse, you know, cause some confusion. I don't see Yeah, I don't, I don't see them doing too much of that with Drake Jackson. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I just – I don't see them doing too much of that. Um, so yeah, any other any other thoughts on Drake Jackson before we keep it moving? Um, no, I, I'm just I mean he's a hungry kid. He's committed. He's locked in. He's happy. You know, a dream came true. He's he, you can just see he's ecstatic to be there, and that's what you want. You want guys to be there. I know people are saying, oh, he's out of shape. He was winded. Well, there was only two defensive linemen in the rookie minicamp. They didn't have no right. breaks. They just kept repping the shit out of these guys, like. You know, don't worry about it. Everyone just needs to take a step back. Let let them get going. He's going to spend some time in the weight room now before I think June, I think, is or is it the end of this month or the beginning of June? They have the OTAs. I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but. Yeah, I think it's the beginning of June, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's, I think it's the beginning of June. All right. So that's it for Drake Jackson there, USC. Uh, promising young man here. Now, here's one that had people scratching their heads. That's going to be uh, the 49ers' second pick of the draft, third-round guy, pick number 93 overall, Ty Davis-Price from LSU, running back. Now, I got, I have a comp for this guy, and it's going to be taken out of context, but that's okay. That's why I got my GM here to help me clarify. He, he's, he's better with the words than I am. I, I watched uh, Ty Davis-Price, and when he puts his foot in the ground and makes a decision, I see – Arian Foster. All right. Now people said, oh no, they're two completely different types of running backs. I'm talking about the way he runs, not the, the scheme that he's in. I'm about the way he runs. I see Arian Foster so much in this guy. And I don't know. Am I crazy? Like, am I just wrong? Like, it's okay. I'm okay with being wrong. Just tell me what you think of my comp and then tell us what you think about uh TVP. 
I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. He's a one-cut downhill runner. When he locks in and makes his decision, he hits it and he hits it hard. So that's where they're similar. But like I said to you on the phone earlier, I, I, I kind of feel that Foster was a outside-to-in runner where Davis Price is an inside-to-out runner. And what I mean by that is if you remember when he was with the Texans, it was always a toss. So he had the momentum going out, and if he saw that cutback, he would hit it. Mm-hmm. He was never going to take the ball in an eye formation and run downhill, like a, in a power gap scheme. He's right. the guy that goes outside and looks for that opening, and then when he commit, he would hit it, and he would hit it hard. He was a great running back in that system with the Texans. Where I see um, Davis Price is a little different. I see him as he gets the ball, he looks inside. If inside's not there, then he works out. But then while he's working out, if there's something backside, he'll hit the backside. So I think Davis Price is a little bit more physical, will you know, square up, drop a shoulder, run you over. And it's sad to say one of his biggest, if you will, truck jobs or runovers, if you will, was against um, Leon O'Neill versus Texas A&M. He absolutely ran right over Leon O'Neill. And it just goes to show you because Leon O'Neill is a physical guy not the greatest tackler, but he literally dropped his shoulder and he ran him over. So I was one of the people, if you watched the live show, I was like, oh, God, they took a running back around three for two years in a row. With Nick Cross on the board, I'm like, wow. And then, like, you know, two days later, I'm sitting there. I'm like, let's think of what they did the past two years, right? Last year. In 2021, they took Aaron Banks in the second round, and then they took Jalen Moore in the fifth round. Two bigger physical linemen, heavier physical linemen. Then they took a safety, Ufunga. Then they have Traverius Moore coming off the injury list. They go out and sign Odom to a non-special team contract at three years, $12 million, or $15 million. So they added pieces to the competition and a change of philosophy on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so that tells me is maybe we valued Nick Cross. I had him as a two uh, round two grade, two, three grade. We valued him, sure. Yeah, we would have been nice. We could add another piece to the safety. But maybe the 49ers didn't see what they wanted to see from him on tape. Because I'll tell you right now, when I watched him, there was a couple times where he got, we got caught looking in the backfield and he got beat. Yeah, he's fast. Yeah, he's a good tackler, but if he's not there here and he's not disciplined, basically what I'm trying to say is I, in my opinion, I don't think I don't think they thought Cross was a plug-and-play player. That's why I think they said, eh, we're going to go with what we have, and let's take someone that could help our quarterback, right? Two linemen last year, running back last year. You got um, – a big bully running back. They drafted him at 210. Wait, hold on. 210 pounds. Six foot two ten. He dropped his weight. Why? Because he wanted to run faster at the combine. You can't blame him. You can't blame him. And it worked. I mean, look, right? I yeah. compared him Arian Foster, right? Arian Foster during his 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 time there, right? Like when he came in, he was six foot also, right? Two hundred and damn, where did it just go? I think he was like two fifteen. 
Yeah, no, the weight was really, really close. Damn, where'd it just go? I lost it. Uh, but he ran a 4.68, Arian Foster did. But this guy ran a 4.48. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I don't know. I, hey, I just real quick, Callie Young. Callie Young, a 9.54 put. TDP reminds me of Leonard Fournette. That's exactly what Kyle went out and got, Leonard Fournette. As far as impact runner, physical runner, breaking tackles, right, stuff like that. Is it the jersey? Is it the jersey that makes you remember Leonard Fournette? Because, listen, let me explain something to you. The Niners were interested in Leonard Fournette when he was a free agent. I think it was, what, two years ago before Tampa signed him to that deal. The Niners were in on it. They didn't get him. He went to Tampa. So if that shows you Kyle's been sniffing around a change, right? It shows you last year when they drafted a 220-pound tailback in Sermon, right? Then they came back and drafted Mitchell at 205 later on. So what do they do this year? They go out and get a guy who's going to play at 222, 225, who has excellent contact balance, runs you over, great vision, Patient runner, when he sees it, he locks, he commits, and he explodes. Those are all things that Kyle likes out of the running backs. You bring in Anthony Lynn. Is there a change in philosophy? More power, more gap man schemes in the run game? Yes. But you've got to remember what we talked about earlier in the show. We were severely depleted in this running back room. We were grabbing from scrap heaps and putting them on the field. And not, you know... Your main objective is to strengthen your roster, right? You lost Mostert. You bring in a more bigger physical back, but you still retain the speed in Mitchell, right? So now if I go to you, would you rather have – all right, we lost Mostert. Would you rather come into the season with Sermon, Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, Hasty, and let's just say they signed another undrafted free agent running back? We'll say and Mitchell and Mitchell, right? And Mitchell, right? Or would you want to come in with a Davis Price, a bigger physical runner? We got stopped a lot of times on third and shorts because of, of an undersized running back. And Kyle, or, you or trying to use quarterbacks, huh? I said, or trying to use quarterbacks to get yes. The and yeah. Kyle Uzcheck is not that guy. So right, mm-hmm. you add a big physical presence like this, great contact balance, great vision, patience. You can run one cut downhill runner, scheme yeah. fit. But bigger. Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. is the player the question? No. What you could question is where he was picked. But before we really hammer the 49ers with this, at pick 93, they're taking a potential guy that's going to contribute, I think, significantly to take the pressure off of Trey Lance in this offense. So now let's take it back to this. A guy that I had on our the nothing but Niners big board was a Brian Robinson from Alabama, very similar runner, not as fast as uh, Davis Price. He was a uh, over a four five, I think a four five four. He's right. a sub four four, I believe. Yeah, sub four five. No, no, he, four four eight. So he's a sub four five. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a difference in speed, right? And I think he's younger than Robinson, and Robinson went, I think, four or five picks later. So if the Niners didn't take him there, would he be available later in the draft? Who knows? Who knows, man? So, listen, they stuck to their board. They believed in their area scouts. They did their homework, and they took at what they want, the player at 
the pick that they felt that was a it was good to take him. And let's not forget the pick ninety three was almost near the bottom of the third round, going into the fourth, because one hundred five was the last pick, so it's twelve picks, right. and you're in the fourth round. Yeah. Yep. So well, I like him. I I think his speed is going to be underrated. I think his power is going to come in handy, and I would not be surprised if uh, the 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 lead running back isn't Elijah Mitchell this year. I'm going to I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to sit here and try to make any bold predictions, but uh I I would not be surprised if the rushing leader is not Elijah Mitchell this season. Uh, and just I, one quick thing before we move on, excellent at pass blocker. Excellent in, in blitz pickup. Excellent. He's good at it. And if you listen to him talk, you must protect the quarterback. And that's what they've been lacking. Jeff Wilson did it okay, but Jeff Wilson was also hurt a lot. So, again, you're protecting your investment, handing him the ball, and when he draws back for a pass, as him as a blocker. See, now, the difference between Davis Price and Sermon was Sermon didn't commit, never committed. He would wait too much, wait, 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 or just go, and it wasn't there. This kid has the ability to patience, patience, patience. There it is. Boom. Hit it. Gone. He's gone. Exactly. Once he identifies that hole, he is out, man. And it's going to be it's going to be tough to stop him. It's going to be it's tough. It's more to natural for this kid than it is for Sermon. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Sermon overthinks. This kid is going to get to the second level a lot easier than Sermon did. Now, it doesn't mean that Sermon can't get better. Doesn't mean that he won't get better. I'm sure he's working on things in the offseason. You know what I'm saying? But at, at, like as rookies, as rookies, this guy is going to be a better version of what we wanted in Trey Sermon or what Trey Sermon gave us, I should say, not what we wanted. All right. Um, we got a couple of super chats here from Sean. Let me read these really quick. He says, uh, what's y'all's take on Fangio watching practice uh, plus drafting of Jackson? I say he's a raw Alden Smith. Fangio implemented the elephant role. So uh, we touched on the Alden Smith part already. Tony touched on that. Uh, but Fangio, consultant for the 49ers. What do you think about that? I don't know if it's official. But shit, I just found out Mike Shanahan had an office in that building. So maybe Fangio does too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like it though. I like it a lot. You know what I'm saying? You come in here and you get... You have a very, very young defensive coordinator. You go out and you get one of the older guys in the league that puts together really, really good defenses and let them let them sit th sit together in a room and see what they have, you know? Let them identify the talent and put these guys in the best positions to win, the best positions to play. Use them at their strengths. Fangio was very, very good at that. Fangio was so good at it, <laughs> he hated rotating his defensive players. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the one knock. I would say that was on Fangio is he had his guys and they were going to play every down, every snap. You know what I'm saying? Like this is our defense. Now come in here and stop us. And it, and it worked for him while he was here. So I like it. This team right now does a, little, a lot more rotating than what on the defensive line. Anyway, they do a lot more rotating than what Fangio ever did on the defensive line. They also had a lot more pieces than Fangio ever did. Yeah. Yes. Very Minus. Good. Hold on. Minus your starting four. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I I will say Fangio's outside linebackers 
were pretty phenomenal. Well, it's a different scheme. Yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely. 3-4 versus 4-3. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> let me see here. Uh, another one from Sean says, Juice is, is like the big tough guy that can't punch when it comes to short yardage running. I think our D is going to be lights out. Be blessed, fam. Uh, what say you to that? Yeah, Juice Juice is a more of a finesse line uh, fullback. Uh, he will block, but I just don't think he's that – I don't think he's heavy enough to make that, like, third and short run. Right. Like an Allstat or, yeah. or uh, a Floyd, Beasley, Rathman-type fullback. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know exactly what you mean, Mike Allstat. Oh, my God, I remember that kid. Oh, man. All right, so thanks for the Super Chats, guys. Uh, keep them coming. We're going to be keeping an eye on, on the chats and things like that. Um, the third pick for the 49ers in the draft was a surprise to a lot of people. Wide receiver Danny Gray out of SMU. Uh, now, here's – I'm going to give you my, my player comp for Danny Gray. And I'm ready for everybody to tell me I'm crazy. It's Mike Wallace. My player comp for Danny Gray is going to be Mike Wallace. Uh, can take a short pass to the house and can be a, a very, very big threat deep down the field. Uh, I like the potential in Danny Gray, um, you know, during the rookie stuff going on. Now, it's really just catch and pitch. Uh, they didn't do any 11 on 11s, but they said that he was out there going crazy. You know, they said that his speed actually shows up on the field. It's not like some guys who were just fast and then didn't show. Uh, in fact, I heard uh, Matt, Matt Burroughs talking about how, um, you know, he has real speed, unlike A.J. Jenkins, who couldn't keep his footing underneath him. Danny Gray is shifty. Uh, the speed is out there, and you can see it. And and he can hold on to the ball. Tony, what were your thoughts on the wide receiver from SMU? You know my thoughts. You were sitting right next to me when I when they announced the pick. He was, uh, he was on our board. Um, I like him. I really do. There was a wide receiver there called uh, Reggie Roberson or Re Reggie Robinson that was supposed to be the top dog there, and he came in this year and outplayed him. Mm -hmm. I know Re Re Robinson or Roberson was coming off an injury, but this kid, he is what – listen, it's all about adding weapons to the offense for Trey to make it easier for him, and, and this is another one. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's another one, right? You want that rotation. You want to give Debo this monster contract. You want – Debo's looking to get paid – which he deserves. Like, he's a great football player. Is he the best wide receiver? No, but I will put him up as a top fan, top five, like, playmaker or offensive weapon, if you will, in the league. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands. He runs with that mentality. Like, I'm taking your soul, and I'm running right through you with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you want to protect your investment, and this is a guy that could take some of the load off of Debo working the shallow crossers. Like, this kid gets a step. It puts stress on your defenders. If they're not in the right angles, he's gone. And I was listening to Croc earlier. He made some valid points where how corners, how they're going to cover him will tell you a lot. And um, he uses the term dick to hip, if you will. Uh -huh. um, but – you know, you got to take Croc knows his shit. But I will tell you this. The difference between Goodwin and Gray is Goodwin was a track star, not a football player with speed. Gray is a track star but is a football player with football speed, with the same speed as a football player, if you will, if I'm saying that right. 
So basically what you see him step out and show out and stand out. Like, you know, there, there were several times in his highlight reels. And I actually remember watching a game live one night. They were playing, I think, on ESPN at like 830 or something. I forgot who it was. But I clearly remember taking an, interme- an intermediate crosser. And the way he ran the route, they they could the way he ran he created just that enough separation, and then when he caught that he just blew him away. They're, they're, no one caught him, and that's what Kyle likes. He likes the yak. Yes, that's why they took Debo. You know that's why they took IU. You get the ball in his hands, he makes plays. You're adding another weapon, and you could keep these guys fresh. You're not dogging them all damn game. You could see a scenario where you got you they. He comes out in 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end. Jennings, Gray. Why not? Right? Just a quick couple notes on him. He's speed, playmaker. He's a vertical guy, uh, catch and run, yak guy. The one negative against him, he's a little inconsistent with his hands. He's a body catcher. He drops a couple passes that should be easy catches. But listen, throw his ass on the jugs for 100 catches. You work on it. He has the traits that you can't teach. Speed. Right. Yeah. Explosion. You know what I'm saying? Explosion. It's not speed. More, Correct. Yeah. His um, if you if you if you look at his combine numbers, uh, this kid, 34 inch vertical, 126 inch broad jump, and 433 speed, like official time. Like that's that's hard to teach. You know what I'm saying? He, he comes in and he is immediately the fastest wide receiver on the roster. You know what I'm saying? So and I think the fastest corner in the NFC West is a four three seven. There you go. I heard that on a podcast. I just can't remember which one it was. Oh, you know, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, this is going to be something. Oh, man, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him with a quarterback who wants to throw the ball downfield. And listen, that's another thing. Thank you for saying that. Rookie minicamp, he was a standout. Yes. With Purdy throwing him the ball. Granted, it was against seven on seven, but still, in the seven on seven, it wasn't too big for him. Jesus Christ, I remember AJ Jenkins trying to run around. He's stumbling over his feet. Yeah. He was a first round pick. Tripping this guy the was all over pick in the third round. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely right, man. And so I'm I'm all for it, man. I know people are gonna hate on him, but I I I just can't do it. I can't do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they use him with jet sweeps and things like that. You know, this guy, they're going to get the ball in his hands. They are going to get the ball in his hands. That's just how it's going to be. Um, <clears throat> but let's let's keep it moving here. We got a couple more guys to run through here. Uh, this next guy is Spencer Buford. Burford, I'm sorry, from UTSA. Um, now, what's interesting about this guy, fourth-round pick, um, pick 134 for the 49ers. Now, look at this really quick. We went from... 105 to 134. The reason I want to point this out is because with the last pick in the third round, they went wide receiver, knowing that they had almost 30 picks until they were back on the board. Do you think that we would have went wide receiver if we had a pick somewhere in like the one early 120s, late teens? I don't know because you don't know the runs, right? There was starting right. to, there was a there was a starting of a run, just like the running back position. The, the run started on the position group, so they jumped. And I right. think that's what they did at 93 and at 105 because of the gap. First year, the Niners did not move a pick up or down. They stood pat. 
Every pick, nine selections, first time for this regime. So they played their board. They stood true to their board. They let their board fall to them. And right here, Spencer Burford is another guy that I think potentially next year, because you know how they draft, 22 is going to be for 23. This potential, he could be the starting right tackle, this kid. Long arms, plays with a mean, nasty streak, great footwork, athletic, can get to the second level, lead down the field on sweeps or screens. or The guy, and he has a football IQ, and he's not a me-first guy. He's a team guy. All these guys that they drafted in this class are team-first guys, football guys, high IQ guys. There's no prima donnas. There's no me's. There's no checkered pass. They drafted football players that want to play football. And majority of them, well, the offensive linemen between this year and last year, four-year starters. Experience. But just real quick on him, very long arms, gave up two snaps, very athletic, uh, good foot quickness. I touched on that. Can get downfield, the nasty shriek, uh, all-conference USA first team. Um, the one knock on him, he tends to raise his pad level high. And that's why I don't think he'll be good transitioning inside because of his pad level. I do think he's better fit at the right tackle spot. And shit, he's going to compete. He could get some serious reps this year. Look at Jalen Moore last year. He tore it up in, 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 uh, in the preseason, right? Mm-hmm. So you never know. Uh, and you have him pegged as a tackle here as opposed to a guard? I say he's going to play tackle. I think he's going to be uh, – well, I'm not saying he's definitely going to be, but I think they drafted him with the with the mentality thinking yeah. potential heir apparent at right tackle in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. This guy came in here, like you said, 34 and three-fourths, almost 35-inch arms. I mean, that is insane. insane. It's insane. 6'4", 304 pounds. Uh Vertical jump, 27 and a half. Broad jump, 105. Uh, he didn't bench, and I was wondering why he didn't He didn't do the bench. But Well, to be honest with you, with almost 35-inch arms, I don't think I would have benched either. Exactly. It's a lot of lifting. When you, yeah, when you look at the length of the arms. Long way to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the film shows how strong he is. So and what next he is, too. <laughs> right. So what are you going to gain by going in there and throwing up 27? on the bench. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not going to gain much by doing that. Uh, let the film speak for your strength. Cause that's what they're measuring uh, when they, when they do the bench and things like that. You know, when you're tired, what can you do? How much can you crank out once you get past 20? That's what they want to see. Um, yeah. And he wasn't going to benefit much from that. Let the, let the film speak for you for itself and go out there. And, and like you said, these four year guys, man, they, I, I really like how this thing shaped out. Um, the, the one question I'm going to have for you on him uh, when I'm looking at his his weaknesses, right? Uh, they talk about uh, narrow base when he's when he's uh, blocking in the run game. His feet tend to come in, but listen, again, traits are there. Those are correctable things. If you're telling me like you know he misses on his punch, you can adjust his hands. You can work on that. You can work on widening his base. You could work on all those things. The mentality. All the this football class, like I said before, not only are they smart, but they're football guys. They're tough, they're physical, and they're hungry. These guys want, you know, they're football guys, man. This is what the Niners wanted on their team. Yeah, 
Yep. He's not a perfect. He's not a perfect prospect at all, Mike. But I'm telling you, what I saw on him on that TV, on his film, from what I've seen, he has the traits. Yeah. The long arms, the the footwork, the nastiness. He, you see it. And, he was and the that, highest. He was a four star recruit, the highest in yeah. San Antonio, Texas, ever. Mm-hmm. He chose to go there. Why? Because he knew he was going to start. He wanted to get his reps. He wanted to play and get himself on the map. Made it to the Senior Bowl. Had a pretty good game in the Senior Bowl, minus a couple mishaps. You know, they keep rotating linemen. You can't get any continuity. He, the one, the guard tripped and fell, took his legs out, and he wound up giving the sack because he fell down. But listen, I'm not saying he's coming in week one and I mean that starting right tackle. No. But in 2023, I do expect him to compete for that right tackle spot. I will say this. For someone with long arms, I think he uses his arms really well. If you watch any highlights or any, any film on him, he's got those arms extended all the way. And what that does, it gives him time to recover. If he's playing short, choppy arms and someone gets the best of him, there's no, there's no time to recover, right? Uh, and you combine that with his quick feet. That's why they say he, his feet get close together. It's because he's doing so much with his feet trying to keep his balance that sometimes he puts them together too close and then someone can make a move on him. If they if they're watching his feet, if they're timing his feet. Uh, but he extends those he extends those arms at the point of contact very very well to feel what that defender is going to be doing yeah. against him, uh, so he can go ahead and, and, and maintain those blocks. So I really like uh, Spencer here. Uh, Burford is going to be a guy to keep an eye on. I can't wait to see him in preseason. You know, I don't know the next time we're going to see him after preseason, but I can't wait to see him out there uh, going going to do his thing. So uh, I, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Uh, were there any other thoughts you want to share on him before we move on? Uh, no, we can go to the next one because I see we're at a minute almost 15 already. Yeah. All right. So the next guy is going to be Samuel Womack. All right. Uh, now, Tony, I have been struggling to find a comp for this guy. Uh, so I'm going to throw it to you to see what you got here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's coming from Toledo. Um what what do you think here? What 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 do the 49ers have in Samuel Wilmot? I think they have, and the words came right out of his mouth, a competitor and a dog. That's what I think they have. The the words rolled right off his tongue himself. Um there's not much film on him either, being at Toledo. But from what I know about this kid, I think the Niners potentially could have gotten a steal. A steal in the fifth round, which they are very successful in drafting in the fifth round. I know for a fact that the listening to the podcast and stuff like that, I mean, uh, 49ers.com, when they did their official breakdown of the final day of the draft with the four guys there with Matt Mayoko, their area scout, Matt, Matt Williamson or Matt Mike Williams or something, I forgot his name, he jumped on a table and said, we need to draft this guy. And they gave him to him. They took him. All right? Yeah. Peters and him, they decided it's the guy to take him. Just real quick notes on him. He's 5'9". 190 pounds, ran a 4.39. Um, he was, and this is what I like, right? If you're asking me, like I know everyone kids and says, you know, I'm the GM and number nine. It is what it is. But if I was in the business as a professional with a team, I would look at tendencies like this and traits like this, right? You have a guy who walked on as a non-scholarship football player, hmm. earned a right on the team. Hmm. After that, became a two-time team captain. He led the Mac in pass breakups. Yeah. He's a 439 guy, runs a 6873 cone, 
leading the Mac with pass ups. What does this tell you? And he has arms. Richard Sherman, 6'2, 6'3. He's got the same arms as Richard Sherman at 33, 32 and a half inches as a 5'9. As a 5'9 guy. Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, and, you know, the, the 36 inch vertical jump, he didn't participate in the combine. So these are pro day numbers. Uh, but that wingspan is incredible, man. 74 and three fourths wingspan is nuts for a 5'9 guy. And also, he's a special teams player. He can do some kick returning as well. And yeah. that's something that's not being highlighted a lot by people out there. Uh, we know that the 49ers valued uh, special teams this offseason. This could be potentially a, a guy that they put back there as, as a return guy, especially if he's not out there starting right away in the slot. Now, is that where you have him pegged as a slot guy? I think he's gonna, his role, if he's going to get the 53 in playing time, it's going to be as a slot. Yeah. But he played outside at Toledo. He played outside in a rookie minicamp. Okay. So – He's that versatile chess piece inside, inside, outside. He's going to be competing with uh, Lenore. Um, uh, who's the kid that they just signed? De- Desmond. Uh, uh, no, uh, Darquez Denard. Darquez Denard. He's going to be competing with him. The nickel spot's open for competition. You got three, four guys are going to be competing for that one spot. Let it go. Let it let roll the ball out there. Let him compete. Let the cream rise to the top. That's it. Yeah. This is what they want. They add competition, and the only thing you're going to get out of it is benefits. That's it. Yeah. You upgrade if he makes the 53. You have your starting nickel corner, or you upgraded your special teams, and you have depth inside and outside behind your starters. Yep. So, you know, from nothing to a two-time captain to being drafted, I mean, the football IQ, the hungry, the dead – being dedicated, the commitment, the dog mentality, attitude. I'm the best lockdown corner in his draft. He said it. Yeah. Those words came out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. This is what you want in your corners. Yeah. You don't want guys playing pass. Oh, well, you know. And just one more thing. There is going to be a change in philosophy in this in this back end of this defense. Oh, yeah. So oh, get yeah. ready for it. You can see it. You can definitely see it. Uh, we have a couple of super chats here. It was really one, and I missed it, and he did another one. Uh, Jaguayo 5'6", thanks for the super chat. He says, do you think if Trey Lance is starting QB, could we expect 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions for 3,500 yards? Is that a fair uh, – are those fair expectations or is that too low, too high? Eight sacks for Drake is good. Um, predicting these guys' numbers in their first seasons, man, What do, uh, as, as major contributors and starters, what do you think there, Tony? Is 25 and 10 with 3,500 uh, too high or too low? If they have a winning record and they make a strong, deep playoff run, I'm good with that because that means the run game is working. Yeah. They're so, a balanced offense. And as far as eight sacks for Drake, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I would too. I'm going to say that I think the numbers are a little low. I yeah, they are. But that, that tells me if, that, if those are legit his numbers, that offense is fully balanced. Okay. Okay, I, I, I see what you're saying with that. I see what you're saying. If that's all he needs to do, yeah, and and this team is successful. That means that the run game is going crazy. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying. Um, I I would not be surprised if Trey Lance came in with 31, 32, 33 touchdown passes. Um, I would say between I, I think ten feels right for the interceptions, ten to eleven interceptions. But I think the yards is really low. I I'm seeing 4,500 yards, uh, and I know that sounds like a lot. But you guys got to remember that there's an extra game this year. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and just like last year, you know, before the standard was 500 yards, you had a phenomenal season, right? But you got another chance to throw another 300 on there. So I'm I'm going to say 4,500. We, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy broke 4,000 yards twice, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least the Niners did. I can't say just Jimmy because he did miss some time. But I think I'm, I think in the Super Bowl year, didn't he break 4,000? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that was the year he went over 4,000. So uh, I think Trey Lance can definitely do that. Um, and as far as the eight sacks, yes, absolutely. I like it. Uh, if you get eight sacks from a second-round guy, you you feel like you hit somewhere, especially because he's just going to be rotational. He's, he's not going to Year one, he's a situational rusher. Unless yeah. he proves he's a lot better than where he was drafted. Which, I listen to me, if, if that happens, I would not be shocked. It, right. it wouldn't shock me. But eight sacks for a part-time rusher, I'm, I'll take that all day. Right. Yep. And uh, he said here, Mike, you missed my super chat about Trey. I apologize about that uh, for not getting to it sooner. So, all right. But thank you for the super chats, man. We really do appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. Um, all right. Let's keep this thing moving here, man. Sorry. Um, they said they don't think Jimmy ever had 4,000. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll look it Nick's up. While we're talking here. Uh, Nick, I hate saying this guy's last name. Zakel. Zakel? Yeah. All right. Nick Zakel from FU. Huh? Fordham University, offensive lineman here. Now, this guy is a team captain, a straight leader. Um, again, what you talked about, these guys have experience. So I want to know what your thoughts are on this guy. Um, in uh, Academic All-Patriot League in 2021, um, All-Patriot League selection in 2021. Uh, let me see. What else do we have here on this guy? This kid – Six-round pick, 187th overall for the 49ers. What were your thoughts on him? At first, I was like, what the hell? Exactly. Uh-huh. Fordham? Fordham. Yeah. Fordham. Undrafted free agent equals Fordham. No? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. That's what, that's what you think, right? That's what, that's what I'm saying competition-wise. It's not a knock against school. They're not a big school. They don't play big teams. They played Nebraska this year. And I'll tell you what, I was pretty freaking impressed with him versus Nebraska. 6'6", mm-hmm. 32-and-a-half-inch mm. arms. Uh, That's this, guy, this guy was a participant at the Combine, 27 on the bench. Remember, we talked about those long arms, and we said 27 was probably where Spencer Burford was going to come in. Uh, this is what happens when you get those really long arms, right? Uh, his vertical was 28-and-a-half. The broad jump was 110. Three cone was 7.75, and his 20-yard shuttle was 4.7. He did everything. Uh, this kid really went out there and did everything. The only thing that he doesn't have listed here is a 60-yard shuttle, and these are all official times for uh, what he did here. Um, pro comp was Josh Wells. Uh, he was projected to go in the fifth or sixth round. Um, he's got the size to play tackle, right? He's agile. Uh, uh, he's got fluidity in his hips and his hands. A uh, good feel for the pocket. He he reads off of his his guards very well. Um, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts on him? He's not playing tackle with thirty two inch arms. Okay. I w- listen. Hold on. Doesn't matter that he's six six. Let me re let me rewind this. Four year starter, all academic, high IQ, very high IQ. Ran the offensive line from the left tackle spot. Okay, very high football IQ, very high. Short arms, very nasty, 
very physical, a finisher. He projects the guard or center. More center because of the IQ, but I think he'll make it – if he makes it, it's going to be more the guard because I think they're really high. I, I think West is going to have a spot on this team. I don't know what they're going to do because they, for like I said earlier, two consecutive years, two linemen. Two linemen last year, two linemen this year, two undrafted free agents, three undrafted free agents. They added a whole starting offensive line plus in two years. Okay? Um, he's big, he's physical, he can get out in space, he has the main streak. He's okay in pass sets. He's he's above okay. He's good and solid in pass sets. Um, plays through the whistle. Short arms. My my thing is I think he kicks inside. I watched the senior bowl last week. And when he was the right guard, they ran behind him three consecutive plays and probably picked up about 30 to 35 yards. Damn impressive. That's damn impressive. He gets pushed off the line of scrimmage in the run game. He, yeah. he I'm telling you, the guy has a nasty streak. And he's doing this in the senior bowl. Yeah. So their traits are there. The, the mindset, the IQ is there, the physicality is there. It's what they want. I think he might suffer uh a calf strain. Put him on the IR. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to see what they decide to do with him, where they use him. What just happened? I don't know if it made that big of a difference. Um, but I'm gonna. It's gonna be really interesting to see where they put him on this offensive line, where they have him playing. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays three different positions uh, during preseason. Which that's what he said. He said that in his pressure. He wants to learn all five positions. Right. Uh, this guy could be the uh, damn. What was the guy's name? Oh man, the, the, he's not with the Niners anymore. Uh, he was with us like three years ago. So we 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 had him on our show. Oh man, this is gonna bug me. I, I have to come back to it. Uh, but I think that he's he's gonna be a guy like him. He played all over the line for the 49ers. I was gonna say Adam Snyder. No, no, no. It was way after him. It was after Snyder. It was during this regime. Um, oh, crap. This is going to bug me. But you guys are right really quick. No, not Kilgore. Kilgore was just a center. Um, this guy, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo never threw for 4,000. I know what I was thinking. 2019. In my brain, it was 4,300 yards. But that was including the postseason, the 400 yards from the postseason. He finished the season with uh, 3,978 total yards that year. And then 427 in the postseason. So that's that's what I was thinking about. So I apologize about that, guys. My bad. My bad. Um, but yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see where the Niners decide to put uh Nick Zakel and where where he lines up. I would like to see him moving all over the line and be a jack of all trades. I'm gonna figure out this guy that I'm talking about though. Um let me let me just see if I can find it really quick. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the next guy. And then you can tell me about uh, tell me about what you think of him, Kayla Davis. Yes, sir. Uh, let me put. It, oh, I didn't. I didn't click his uh his thing here. 
He's a uh, Davis UCF. <laughs> he's 6'2", 305, a uh, former linebacker. Gained some weight, um, put his hand in the ground, listened to his presser with the media in San Francisco, Santa Clara. Uh, he said his toughest part of his transition was learning how to play with his hand in the ground. Um, he explodes off the ball, very high motor, great strength. Um, he plays in the opponent's backfield. You watch his college uh, at UCF. Eric Magnuson. Sorry, Eric Mag- Magnuson. Yeah, that's uh, you. You watch his UCF tape before he got her injured, which, by the way, he does have the ACL. He's coming off of, but he's constantly in the backfield. He has great instincts from playing the linebacker position, and his foot speed is amazing because he was a former linebacker. He's one of those guys that just blew up, put a lot of muscle on, some weight, some good weight, some bad weight. But still kept his agility and his and his um his football IQ, you know. He could he could make it he could make some noise, you know. He will probably be on the PUP and stashed for next year because again, this is another position group stacked with one year yeah. deals. Yeah, um, not the not the backtrack and get, and get off of uh, Davis, but really quick, Eric Magnuson was also six six three hundred pounds. Yeah. So, all right. My bad. Um, good. Yeah. So, I mean, look, this kid, did you, I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of the pressures. I know you've been just as busy, probably more busy than I have been. Um, but his enthusiasm for football jumps off the screen. Tony. I'm telling you, this draft class are all football junkies, Mike. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this guy got me excited just to see how and where they're going to use him. He was, like, just gleeful to be on the team, smiling and like, I can't wait to play. I can't wait to play. I can't wait to play. This guy is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I know a lot of people are out there saying, oh, this is going to be the, um, uh, what's the barbecue sauce guy? DJ Jones. DJ Jones replacement. Sorry. No disrespect, DJ. That's my guy. Uh, I I know everyone's saying he's going to be the DJ Jones replacement. And when you watch some of the tape, you can see it in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can you can see how people come up with that, um, but I don't know how he's gonna play out his first season here. Um, I do think that he will come in and be an immediate special teams player. Uh, he is super duper athletic. Also, he's very very athletic. Um, do you have anything else that you want to talk on with him before we move on? I don't think he steps on the field this year. I think they stash him. Unless there's a significant injury, I think they stash him. Okay. All right. And then last but not least, Tariq Castro Fields. Tariq Castro Fields. Right. And he is coming in from Penn State, baby. Nittany Lions. You know, we all made a big deal like, you know, oh, John Lynch went to Penn State Pro Day. Who was he looking at? Brisker. He might have been looking at Brisker, but he found Castro Fields. Right. Now, everyone's saying, well, why did he go so low? Is he not good? Da, 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 da. Well, part of the reason why he did, he went so low is because of his age. I think he's 24 mm-hmm. right now. I think he's um, the oldest guy drafted from us. He's a 50-year player. Uh, he's physical. Can play man. He can play press. He can play off. Uh, he's good timing on breaking on the pass. Um, 
Holy Christ, did he kill that ball? He's an okay athlete. Um, you watching baseball? Yeah. There's nothing else on TV. Um, is it live? Yeah, I'm watching uh, Seattle and Boston. Oh, okay. Guy hit three home runs in this game. Look at this guy. Wow. Um, yeah, he has he has a ton of experience. He's a good yeah. tackler. He tends to peak in the backfield. Well, so all right. So he he, he ran a four three eight. That's always a, a plus, right? Six one, but only thirty and three quarters arms. And small hands too, eight and three fourths. I, I think my twelve-year-old son's hands are around that size. Um, but, but <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. When I go to watch his tape and his, his stuff, he's playing all over that secondary. Yes. What the but hell? I think, about? I, I think that's the way they play their coverage. Like they rotate their they, Penn State they, thing, huh? That's just a Penn State thing. It wasn't about injuries or anything like that. This guy was just moving all over the place. Yeah, he they they're they're back. The way they handled their secondary is very odd. But um, listen, he has the traits. He's another guy with traits. And the best thing about it, what I what really like turned me on towards this guy was when they drafted him. He told Jed York, he goes, "Yo, I'm telling you now, you got a dog." Okay, like, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like it, man. I like it a lot. Uh, let's get one more super chat in here before we move on to Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. Uh, he says, what do we do with Jalen Moore? Is McGlinchey okay? Now, this is interesting. These are two players that I expected to see a lot from here, and the Niners are investing heavy in this offensive line this draft. Tony, this is a good question. What what happens here? Did we just create all competition? Do we are we looking at you got you got more, you got banks. Well, I'm sorry, last year it was banks and it was more, right? You got McGlinchey coming back from injury. Then you have Zakel and you have Burford this year. All right, so I'm gonna take this back to the, the NFC championship game versus the Rams. That whole week of preparation versus for the Rams versus the, the 49ers for that game. The Rams practiced every day in pads. They said we are going to be, we're going to outplay them physically, because that's the way I guess they felt that they could beat us. Because obviously the Niners were out physicaling them at the line of scrimmage and the point of attack, so they went full pads all week and they just kept banging all week, and you know they played a very physical game up front in the trenches and kudos to them. So I think Kyle said, okay, I'm going to one up you. I'm going to bring in big physical guys to out physical your small finesse guys. Now it's not a knock up against Brunskill. That's I, like Brunskill. I like what he did for this team, but the mentality and the, the, um, I guess the mindset and the mentality has changed with this offensive line. Hmm. Big, physical, nasty guys yeah. they're bringing in. And it started last year. Yep. Banks and more. Yes, sir. This year, Zakel and um, uh, Burford. Yeah. They're physical people. Yeah. Trent Williams, 
probably the most physical lineman in the league right now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. McGlinchey's a more finesse guy. Right. Now his part part two. The question is McGlinchey okay? I don't know. I've heard nothing but positive things about Mike McGlinchey. Listen, that's good. And I know he posted his little workout video running down a straight line. That's fine. Playing football and running down a straight line are two different things. <laughs> you have a six eight man with a quad with a quad tear with a tendon tear off the bone. That's a significant injury, and it's a lot of stress on that quad when you have a six eight man constantly squatting and crouching down. It's, it's a lot of wear and tear on that leg. So we got to see if it's going to hold up, and you know. Potentially, he might not even be available. He might not be ready for, for training camp. He right. might not be ready week one. We don't know. So what do the 49ers do? They go out and double down, and they bring in pieces in case he's not. They prepare. Um, Yeah, Mayoko said more has been moved to guard on his podcast today. But we I thought that was the plan all along, though, for him. I've right? been saying that since they drafted him. I thought it's a change of the guards. It's a change of philosophy. Physical guards. Yeah, I wasn't disappointed with what I saw from him as tackle. So I thought maybe he could be a McGlinchey replacement if there was a setback with McGlinchey. You know, a, a year in the system, played the position, things like that. He filled in admirably when his number was called a couple of times. Uh, so I thought maybe he would make that transition. But, uh, you know, going back to when this guy was drafted, when Moore was drafted, you were saying you were adamant about Mike. I think he's more of a guard than he is a tackle. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. If right. I pencil it in right now, I'm going with Banks and Moore as your starting guards. I like it. I like that a whole lot. And oh, I got to be oh. honest with you, and I'm going to keep it real with you. If Mac comes back, I don't think Brunskill's on his roster. Interesting. You think Zakel if is he the is on this roster, if he is on this roster, it could be potentially because look, there's something wrong with McGlinchey. If he's not on the roster, if Mac's not on the roster – who do you think is starting center? I don't think Kyle's going with a rookie. Brendo. Okay. All right. Um, let's get to Mr. Irrelevant really quick, and then what we're going to do is uh, which guys do we think contribute the most uh, this upcoming season, and then that'll be the end of the show, all right? So I just want to just touch on a couple undrafted free agents to watch. Oh, okay. All right. So then let's, let's do this really quick. Um, Iowa State University. Mr. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, apparently uh, everyone's favorite quarterback on the team now. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened here. I don't know how this happened. Um, but, sure, let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> what were your thoughts on Brock Purdy um, when, the, when the announcement was made? Um, now, if you guys go back and watch the video, Tony was losing his shit. Tony did not understand why we couldn't. The last three picks of the draft, the safeties were just sitting right there. The centers were just sitting right there. Guys that we have third-round grades on our board were just sitting there. And Mr. Irrelevant is coming up, and we're like, all right, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And then we get a quarterback, and I was like, yes, I told you. I knew we were going to get a quarterback. And Tony is losing his freaking mind. Um, but you can see the plan. Again, especially once the UDFA started becoming announced, um, you kind of see the plan coming together. Brock Purdy, you said something during the draft. This was about rights. What were your thoughts on the young man? 
I think they asked themselves who, how would it be easier to get Brock Purdy on the board on the roster, right? You sign him as an undrafted free agent. It's a one-year deal, I believe, or a two-year deal. They probably would have had a guarantee him at least two two twenty-five to bring him in, because Carson Strong, I think he got two seventy-five or three hundred thousand. Um, so it would have cost them some money to get him in. So they said, screw it, let's just take him here. And they solidified him. They secured him for three or four, four years. And now they have their arm to compete with Sudfeld going forward um, for the backup spot, not this year, next year. But they needed another arm for for uh, training camp. You know, okay. you can't go in with two quarterbacks. So you need third. And I wouldn't be surprised if they move – once they make the decision with Jimmy, they bring another guy in. So, right. you know – do I think he's the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers? Absolutely not. But I do understand why Kyle drafted him because if you watch him and if you listen to people talk about him, he's a, he's a four-year starter. He's a team captain. He does what he's told to do. This guy. You heard what I just said, right? He does what he's told to do? Yeah. And yeah. just a little tidbit on him. Nick Saban offered this guy uh, – um, a scholarship 12,000 yards, 81 touchdowns. Uh, he went out there and set records at, at Iowa State. Um, I think that this guy, how do I say this? He's a safer CJ Beathard. He's tough. Uh, he keeps his eyes downfield. He looks to throw at all times. Um, you know, a, a smart kid that wants to come in here and, like you said, coach me up. He is very, very, very coachable. Um, he did participate in the combine. Uh, they have some, huh? No, I dropped some. Oh, okay. Um, he has he has some uh, tape out there. You can see him making some of the passes to some of the wide receivers uh, during the combine. Uh, he ran a 27 inch vertical, seven two one three cone, and a four point four five twenty yard shuttle. All right. Uh, he comes in a six one twenty nine inch arms, very short arms for six one. God, I think that's why he looks so short to me. I mean, six one isn't tall for a quarterback anyway, but he looks like when I when I look at this guy on film, Tony, like all the videos you see of this guy, like with the pads on and behind the offensive line and things like that, he looks like he's five eight. <laughs> he looks so small, and then when he throws the ball, it looks even worse. And I think it's the little short, you know, T Rex arms going out there. You know what I'm saying? So, um. You think that we uh, have a, our four-year backup right here? Potentially. Potentially, you don't know. All right. All right. Could he outplay? Could he outplay Sudfeld? Wouldn't matter. Sudfeld's guaranteed he's going to be here this year. No, I'm saying past. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Afterwards, okay. I see what you're saying. It's possible. It's possible, man. I think that Kyle's going to make this kid live in the book. He's going to help on the scout team. Um, and I, I think Kyle's going to do with him what he did with Trey Lance this past season. Your job is to know the book, know the plays, get comfortable in this system. And then if your number ever gets called, we'll do what we can to keep you protected. You know? Yep. So, all right. Now, I know you said there were some uh, undrafted free agents you wanted to highlight. Do you want to go over all of them? Or do you I'm not. I'm just going to pick a couple guys. Um, well, you got to start with my man Donovan West, right? Is that where you're going? Yeah, that's number one, definitely. Oh, Donovan West, I'll go, I'll go over actually, I'll go through them all quick. All right, go ahead. Um, 
Donovan West, four-year starter at uh, Arizona State, ties with Herm Johnson. Why I like him because he was in a football NFL setting with Herm Johnson being there on preparation, how to prepare for games, stuff like that, film study. I love it. 100,000, 15 signing bonus. I have no problem with it. You bring him in, and I'll tell you what, if this kid shows up, he makes the 53. I'm telling you now, this kid could make this 53-man roster. Um, everywhere you read about him, he's you know he's good at what he does. He's very good at what he does, playing center. He started two seasons of guard, two seasons as a center. Um, still young, perfect match with Trey Lance. You have your young center, young quarterback. Um, experience, he has it. Uh, and like I said, ties to Herm Johnson. Next up, Tay Martin. You want to know about him? Turn on the Notre Dame game from last year. That's all I have to say. He's a faster version of Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Jason Poe, 6'1", 305, undersized lineman, freak athlete from Mercer. Um, you want to learn about him? Turn on Mercer versus Alabama. Watch him lead downfield, knocking Alabama's safeties and linebackers on their ass. Just watch that. Uh, Sagone Alubi, a linebacker from San Diego State, 5'11", 6'2", 225, runs a 4'3", 540. Sideline to sideline linebacker, great tackler, good in coverage. Um, Jer Jeremiah Gemmel, linebacker from North Carolina, which they gave $90,000. Signing bonus? No, guaranteed. Oh, okay. He was a $90,000 guarantee. Um, leader on the field, water green dot, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Excellent tackler, plays sideline to sideline. You know, you got two linebackers coming up on one-year deals. Got to replenish. So just a name to watch. Tyler Hawkins, a safety from San Diego State. San Diego State had an excellent defense this year, was a playmaker on the back end. Gives you versatility as safety and corner. So that's another thing. Tasir Mack was a deep threat for Kenny Pitt from uh, wide receiver out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Leon O'Neal, one of the bigger names, undrafted, projected to go anywhere from re round three to seven. Uh, big SEC safety, knock on him is his tackling is a little suspect, but has a decent IQ. He's a, he's a worker. He's a football guy. He has a shot to make the roster. Sleeper, Kevin Atkins, defensive tackle out of Fresno State. Another gap-penetrating defensive tackle, similar to Callie Davis. Um you know, Pinier's back, played a run to the quarterback. Perfect fit for Koserik. Uh Sam Schulster, a, a guard tackle from Minnesota. He's a bigger guy, 6'6", six, 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 325. Uh, Quazan Trez Knight, a DB from UCLA. He played at multiple colleges. I don't know why, but he played at like three or four different, you know, NCAA schools. Uh, at rookie minicamp, they were working him as the slot corner. That's an interesting tidbit. Garrett Watson, Walston was just cut from North Carolina because they tied, they signed a tight a third year tight end from Patriots and Broncos. Patriots and Broncos. Tony from from Gelly from Gelly. Yeah. Um, interesting fact on him. I think he's missing a finger on his hand. Oh shit. I think if that's the guy that I'm sure. Uh, a workout guy, someone that I really like, and I I don't I didn't hear that they offered him a deal. Uh, Calvin Turner, running back, wide receiver from Hawaii. Kid's a beast. Um, he could do it all. I don't think he timed well. That's why he went undrafted. But he could run the ball. He's like a he's like a, a Debo 
a little mini Debo. Like same type of skill set, runs hard, runs angry, uh, can catch, can run, run routes, kick return, play special teams. He's a jack of all trades, master at none. Uh, and Mason from Georgia Tech. Uh, third down back, uh, I think he's 6'1", 215. A little bit bigger than your normal scat back or third down back. Um, catch the ball well out of the backfield, runs harder between the tackle, one cut downhill runner. Typical 49ers uh, running back. But just one quick thing about this whole Wait, draft you class. You mentioned Jason Poe. Yeah, I did. Oh, I must have. I'm. Oh, I missed. I him. said. He, I said him put the t- tape on versus Alabama. How he's. Oh. Okay. 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 I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Just one. Just one final tidbit, and I'll stop babbling about this shit. All these guys they drafted. They're drafting them for a reason. They're positions of needs in 2023. Um, they're all high IQ football guys, hungry guys, committed guys. Majority of them are four-year starters. Majority of them are team captains. They're leaders on and off the field. They're high IQ, hungry football players. They want to learn. They want to become better. And they're all hungry, and they want to. They want an opportunity to make this team. And to be honest with you, who wouldn't want to come to this team? Excellent coaching across the board, from top to bottom. You know, it, it's it's good. At first, my draft grade was a C because, you know, it's the oh, shit grade. What are they doing? Yeah. But going back, looking at the whole picture, the nine selections and the 13 undrafted free agents, this is a strong B plus, A minus to me. I understand it based on paper and what you've seen in college and how you project them or the team projects them to the next level. But, you know – the main objective was, was was strengthening your roster from last year and with free agency, draft, undrafted free agency. I think they did it. I think they improved the team on all counts, right? Our corners were okay. We were a little nervous about it. No stability there. It was very unstable. You go out and sign Travarius Ward. That's an upgrade. Your special team sucked. You get rid of Hightower. You bring in McLeod, who's a returner. Odin, who's a safety, Burks, who's a linebacker, three great special teamers. That's an upgrade. Running backs were plucked off of practice squads. You draft one, that's an upgrade. You're upgrading the team. Um, change of philosophy in the offense with the run and the, t- the type of running backs, it's an upgrade. You added another physical running back, 220-plus pounds, who could run between the tackle, run outside the tackle, pass protect, and has that breakaway speed. He's a one-cut downhill runner, and you bring two big physical guards in, a potential tackle, a right tackle for the future, a center with another guard that could play fullback, tight end. You're adding pieces. You're giving Trey Lance weapons to help him become successful in his first year as a starter. Great job. Uh, One guy I want to highlight here is Tay Martin, wide receiver. I know, I know you 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 mentioned him already. Um, I I don't know what it is about this kid, but I just got a feeling about this guy, man. Six three wide receiver uh, was a senior also. Um, we'll just have to see what happens. But uh, coming out of OSU, so sorry, uh, Oklahoma State that is. Um, yeah. I think I think you got to watch out for Tay Martin, man. I really really do. This I guy, agree. Uh, he was a, he was a steady Eddie wide receiver. Uh, he's going to give you six catches a game. He's going to give you 75 to, to 90 
uh, yards game, and he knows how to use his frame. He knows how to use his frame. Uh, his speed isn't all that. He's a, he's a possession guy, but he's a big guy. Uh, uses his frame well. I just want to see. I want to see what he can do, man. Throw it up and let him, let him come down with it. You know. So absolutely. Yeah. That's it, man. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna hang out much longer than that, man. We we've gone on for almost two hours here. Uh, so you guys know what that means, man. At the end of every show, what do we do, man? It's final thoughts time, Tony. Uh, anything you want to leave the people with? I know you just went over the whole draft class. Uh, you were a little down on it at first, but then you went up to a B to A, high B, low A. Uh, once the UDFAs rolled in, uh, anything else you want to leave the people with uh, going forward? Um. Yeah, I mean, just stay tuned. Keep your alerts on. I mean, you know, from my behalf, I'm sorry I haven't been around because of work shit and, you know, everyday life. But um, th- there's a lot of positive around this team. Don't listen to the media because they're only pushing the agenda. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. They upgraded the roster in total. Um, if you don't think that, I'm sorry. If you don't agree with that, I'm sorry. But, listen, I can tell you this right now. The Niners fired Kyle Shanahan. He would have a job tomorrow. So this guy knows what he's doing. He's they not. Wouldn't able to, they wouldn't be able to finish saying you're fired. They'd be like, you're fired. Where? Already? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's doing what he needs to do. He's making the roster better. He's surrounding Trey with more toys. And, and that's that's what you do. You know, every position group was upgraded in my position, in my opinion. My, you know, the one thing we could talk about is maybe the offensive line, the continuity, the uncertainty at the center position that would be a concern. But I mean, everything else, I, I kind of feel they upgraded. I don't, I don't see them taking a step back anywhere except for maybe the center position if Mac doesn't come back. But you know, maybe the tight end they didn't go for a flashy, big name, athletic tight end. They didn't do that. But, you know, just stay positive. Don't let this media ruin ruin the, the offseason, the success that the 49ers had. I know things that were, didn't go perfect with Jimmy, but, I mean, it is what it is. You got to respect them. You got to, you know, go with the plan. But I will say this. Me, personally, I will apply some serious heat to Kyle and John if Jimmy's on that 53. Mm-hmm. I will. And I'm a big, I am a huge Kyle supporter. I will rip it. I, I he, There's no room for Jimmy on this team. It's done. All right. All right. Uh, my final thoughts are going to be pretty simple, man. Uh, our moderators out there. I saw somebody in the chat tonight say, I hope Trey Lance breaks his legs, breaks a leg so Jimmy Garoppolo can play or get cancer or AIDS or something. That shit ain't funny. I want no. the moderators get that kind of stuff out of the chat, please. Uh, I don't. It's that you, you never wish injury on anybody, anybody. Not even if you're joking. Like don't, don't. Some shit just keep it to yourself. Um, and everything else is going to be this, guys. It is the time of the year to get a story. Acknowledge your power is faithful. All right. Stop putting names to people and their bullshit stories. Because we're blowing them up. We're giving them the interactions. We're giving them the clicks. All right? Put that energy to something positive, something that's about your team in a good way. There's no reason for a negative tweet about your team 
to get 40,000 clicks and then a positive tweet about your team get 100. All right? So use your power the right way, guys. Support the people that support you and the calls that you guys have, all right? Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight, man. We're ready to go, man. Excellent show. Tony, thanks for jumping in here, man. I truly and sincerely appreciate it. That's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, and let's go home, man. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. Take us home, Breezy. We out of here. One. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey. See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. Them nothing but niners. We nothing but niners. We nothing.